0: I prepared so much for birth. And if you look out there, all of the, everybody talks about childbirth, childbirth education, childbirth Mm -hmm. this. And I was like, what about what comes afterwards? That's the hard part. And that just took me totally by surprise. (laughs)
1: To the New Mamas Podcast. This podcast was created to help first time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid afternoon. And as a first time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. So, New Mamas, let's do it. Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. Hey everyone, welcome back to the New Mamas podcast. Today I'm talking to Melissa Boley about how to find the right support and team from pregnancy to postpartum. And this topic is really special to us because we were just chatting a little bit about how there's such a lack in postpartum care, and yet there's so much awareness, right? There's so much awareness about it, but we're relying on healthcare providers to fix the problem, and we can't always do that. So I'm excited to talk to Melissa today about her journey. She is the founder and CEO at Flourish Collective. She started her company with a vision to fill the gap in maternal healthcare and make wellness accessible to all. All moms based on their own childcare and postpartum experience. Melissa, I'm so excited to have you here today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much, Lena, for having me as well. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I love what you do to support moms. That's why we do what we do, right? A little bit about myself, I'm Melissa Boley, as you said, I founded Flourish Collective in March of 2020, which actually aligns pretty well with something that oh we've gosh. been dealing with for quite some time. So, Wait, so pre-lockdown or pre Or after lockdown? Literally like two weeks before lockdown. We founded the company. It was all based on in-person care. So that was a challenge in and of itself.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Very excited to hear more about that.
0: Absolutely. And my background is biomedical engineering. So I spent a lot of my career in medical device development, both on the R&D side with new medical device innovation, and then moving into moving into marketing. So I've done a little bit of both and seen the entire product life cycle in medical devices. So digital platforms and direct to consumer was all you know very new to me, but. I had my own babies I have two boys they're yeah they're you were just talking about your boy and boys are they have a lot of energy let's say and they're 4 and 6 and after my second I was like wow I felt like it really took a toll on me both times and I wanted to be there to help moms not have that much of a challenge. We wanted to make things easier for moms transitioning into motherhood. So it basically started out of my own experience.
1: That's amazing. It's funny how fast they get so gregarious. Like my son is 10 months old and I swear I'm like the kid, the day this kid starts walking, it's over for me because I'm already so tired. Like he's so just wants to be in everything on everything with everything, and it's wonderful because he's so curious and just wants to touch and feel the world around him. But oh man, it is definitely challenging. So, what did your postpartum recovery look like? So I've obviously been through it twice. Yeah. Uh, I would say the first
0: time around, it was more shock, and I love. I should have brought a glass of wine with me. Now I'm kind of regretting that I don't have a Wait, glass do of you wine. Want- no, I've, go got my, I've got my seltzer. I'm good um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like again, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm like really into research, engineering by background. And so when I was pregnant, I literally researched everything and it was crazy to me that not in my research I didn't find out about a lot of the options out there for mm. pregnancy and postpartum support and my provider like Doula, I, somebody mentioned to me that, are you going to have a doula? I was like, I do what? What is a do? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, and so nobody mentioned this. And as I did my research, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much evidence out there to support having a doula there. So I had to have one. So that really made a big difference for me preparing for birth. And I took childbirth classes. My husband is extremely, extremely supportive in birthing the babies, but also the company, which I'll get into at some point here. But I think for me, it was that I prepared so much for birth. And if you look out there, all of the everybody talks about childbirth, childbirth education, childbirth mm-hmm. this. And I was like, what about yes. what comes afterwards? That's the hard part. And that just took okay. me totally by surprise.
1: Yeah, that th- that's actually the whole reason why I started this podcast, because I was so shocked at that first four to six weeks. And like you, like I did my research, or I guess at least I tried to, but I feel like all of the articles I was coming up on were, were things, like physical things I needed, and not so much the support that I needed. And I feel like I consider myself a pretty educated person. And yet, I had no idea. I actually had to ask my friend the other day what the difference was between a doula and a midwife. I'm in 10 months postpartum, and I still didn't know the difference because I was thinking, I'm like, you know, baby number two, we're going to try and wait a Bit on that. But when baby number two comes around, I want to arm myself with a doula or a midwife. I actually still have trouble knowing the difference. But why, in all of those visits that we have with our healthcare providers, why is that not talked about? Like, I just don't understand why there isn't more just discussion around what postpartum care might look like.
0: Right. I I don't know the answer to that other than I, I assume. And it's funny because the original premise behind our company was we were actually going to help we were going to be part of the healthcare solution. And we realized very quickly that the real change, the fast change can come from shifting consumer spend from stuff to support. But yes. it's yeah, there's I don't I don't know why it's not discussed. I feel like um, all the providers out there, they all have their specialties and none of it is surrounded around actually taking care of the mother. So no Mm -hmm. specific provider is there to make sure mom's okay. All the providers throughout the entire journey are focused on getting the baby out, you know, healthy baby. And then kind of after that, it's, it's up to the, you know, family.
1: So. Right. Mm -hmm. It's up to the family. Exactly. And that can be challenging because the family might have its own, you know, its own challenges, its own problems you know, relationships ebb and flow in that pregnancy stage. Like there there's just so much going on and then you get home and I feel like there, it would be great. Even if a provider just said, just gave you a little, Hey, these are some quick things you might want to consider a therapist, not to say like just because you seek out therapy doesn't mean there's anything necessary wrong. It's just someone to be on your team to help guide you through this really challenging process or a postpartum doula. I learned about that the other day. And yes. I, yeah, it sounds so good.
0: <laughs> I never had a postpartum doula. And now
1: that I'm in
0: this world, I'm like, if there's a number three in the future, for sure, a postpartum doula <laughs> is in my future too. Cause we don't have, I mean, when you talk about the postpartum experience, like you said, every family is different. And I think arming yourself with that village of support ahead of time makes it that much Intense when you're in the middle of it being like, oh, I need to find a therapist now or I need a lactation consultant. Mm -hmm. You want to arm yourself with that village on the front end. And we didn't have any family nearby. Everyone's got different Mm -hmm. situations, but we live, you know, you too? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot. It makes it challenging. I mean, again, everybody has a different situation, but you need that support. And some people have that in, they have that doula. They've got their grandmother or mother or somebody there that can help them throughout the entire postpartum period. But some people don't. And more and more people don't, and then they're going back to work. And it's just, it's, it's a different world than it used to be.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I talk about this to my mom all the time because she's, our family's from Brazil and in Brazil, everyone lives really close together. And I even talked to her. I was like, mom, if you never left, if you and dad never left Brazil and I was giving birth there, I would have my, my village of aunties. Like I have five aunts. So like and cousins, I would definitely have that village of support. And I feel like my postpartum experience would have looked a lot differently. So, but in America, this is, or the States, it's just a very different style of life. Like even my own parents, they live in Florida. I live in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Like my, you know, we have family all over. So it's just not the way we are used to living here. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: What's one thing that you wish you knew about postpartum? There was just one thing you could choose. I think I wish I would have known how sleep
0: deprived I was going to be. I did not. Realize. And I think a lot of the challenges that I faced, especially the first time, or well, both times, I mean, having a two year old at home and bringing home a baby was no, you know, walk in the park either. So just FYI. But I think this sleep deprivation, I just did not anticipate how much that was going to affect my relationship with my husband, my ability to function. Like I, I got pretty significant baby blues, and I was, you know, on the fence of like, should I go see somebody? And my mother in law happened to come for that weekend. And all of a sudden I was able to sleep for like, I don't know, 15 hours one night. I woke up the next morning and I'm like, I feel like a new human. Like this is fantastic. And I think having either a postpartum doula or a sleep consultant who can help you, you know, set up strategies. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be doing sleep training. I really believe in prevention at at what what we're doing is building that village to prevent the poor outcomes from happening. And so I think again setting yourself up so that you have that care and you're able to get good sleep so that you don't get to the point where you're so sleep deprived and you know postpartum depression which sometimes can be un- is unavoidable but I think if you put some of these pieces in play Early on, you will avoid some of those those other challenges.
1: I totally agree with you. I feel like good sleep is the foundation to all good mental health. And of course, some of these chemical imbalances that happen are totally unavoidable. But why not arm yourself at least as much as you can with getting proper sleep, proper nutrition and proper mental health too, if you're able to have someone to talk to just to, just to vent, right? Because sometimes right. we don't want to vent to our partners. And that's what happened to me. Not that my husband's hard to talk to. I guess I just didn't want to be that person. Like I want him to, I want us to have a good time. Right. I don't want us to have a bad time while me like venting to him. But I, I agree with you, I, I with the prevention. And it would be great if culturally we can encourage moms in the pregnancy stage to think about building their postpartum team, which is something I still feel like there needs to be a lot more discussion and conversation around because the focus is still, what color do I paint the nursery? What kind of chair do I need? What about the crib? What about the mattress? I girl, I had like 10 carrier things for my baby and I had no postpartum team. Like the the focus of where I spent my money, like you were saying, a fortune. Like a small fort small fortune on baby stuff. And I feel like I don't even I didn't even have as much stuff as other moms did. But it's once you add up the breathable mattress, the heart monitor or the sleep monitor for them that's already that was already about half a half a grand that i mm-hmm. spent i am excited about the discussion that's taking place so what do you think a mother should think about when building her team for the postpartum stage
0: yeah i think it's a great question because again i think people think a lot about their birth plan they think a lot about what are they putting on their baby registry which is interesting because what you brought up We actually did a survey and we found that 75% of moms regretted the stuff that they bought after the baby was born and wished they had invested in self-care, support, and like an experience, like their own health and wellness, wellness, ultimately, which is Massage. Exactly. (sighs) Which is part of the Flourish Fund. We have massage on there as well. And as things start to open back up, it'll be a lot easier to make that available to everybody. But yeah, so I think when you're, when you're thinking about your postpartum team, you you really need to think about it from how am I going to get sleep? A so is that bringing in postpartum doula? Is it having a sleep uh, consult? Uh, or the con- uh, consultant my god I, d- I apparently need uh, some coffee <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it bringing a sleep consultant on early and again you can tap into them when you need them as, so- as far as mental health like going into pregnancy the p- the prenatal depression is is a real thing so if you feel like you're yeah there's a lot of depression in pregnancy that I think it's un undiagnosed or people aren't willing, there's a stigma around it, right? So if you know that you're prone to this or that you're already dealing with it in pregnancy, seek out help and then transition with that you know, mental health provider into, into postpartum. So I think it's really about like physically, what do you need? Emotionally, what do you need? And then as far as like, who is going to be around? Do you have a partner? Do you have family? How are you going to get nourishment? Are you going to do meal delivery? Are you going to stack up stuff in the freezer? How are you going to do these things? And there's actually some amazing postpartum, we're we're developing one now, but there's amazing postpartum tools out there now, like a postpartum plan that basically is like a checklist of everything to think about. And just think about your own situation. Everyone's different. And then you just kind of build it from there.
1: I couldn't be more obsessed with that. And I wish I knew about the Flourish Fund when I was pregnant because, yeah, you said you started in March. I gave birth in June. Mid-pandemic, that's right. Oh,
0: yeah. That must be a whole other story. We got to do another podcast on that.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. So a lot of the self-care options, I think, at the time weren't available to me. And I'm a huge fan of investing in self-care, like facial. I love facials. I love massages. I'd much rather spend that $300 on like a beautiful spa day than like going to Target, which, which is another thing. I think a lot of moms feel guilty in investing in self-care, but yet it's really, if you think about dollar for dollar, you go to Target, it's easy to spend that money there. Like in a blink of an eye, you spend it or going to the market. Like there's, there's the market. I sound so like old school. I just, because I went to the market today and spent like a lot of money on, but yeah, that's what I think. Another thing is I feel like culturally we should, we can talk about is having moms not feel guilty about investing in themselves and encouraging friends and family when they are filling out these registries or are thinking about a gift for new mom that they consider gifting something self-care related.
0: Right, absolutely. And it's what we talk about because we did find that in our surveys as well. Moms felt guilty. They knew that, especially after having their, their first baby, they wanted to make sure they spent money on self-care and their own health and wellness, but they felt guilty doing it. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, what if you could put these things on the baby registry? And that was like the aha moment. Everyone was like, yes, then I can't feel guilty. Like, anybody contributing to this baby registry is putting aside funds and they're very flexible. So you say, you know, you're providing towards a lactation consultant, right? And if for some reason mom is formula feeding afterwards, she can use that money to go get a massage. I mean, that's the way it works because motherhood is crazy, right? And so we need that flexibility in order to adjust with how things actually happen. So you're really essentially putting aside a fund, a flourish fund for the Mom to use the way she needs it during the postpartum and even during pregnancy. If she wants to take childbirth classes or she wants to get prenatal massages, the earlier she gets these gifts, the earlier she can actually use them for self care.
1: Ooh, okay, fine. Flourish Fund. I get it now. You're helping, you're funding the mother to flourish. <gasps> you got it. Oh I my goodness. Light bulbs everywhere. <laughs> the light bulb went off. Vital. I mean, I, I feel like I got, I was like, oh, that's a cute name, but then it really. Hit me just now that I just completely lost my train of thought because my mind was (laughs) so blown. Uh, So I'm curious actually to hear more about the survey that you did. What were some other surprising facts that came out of your survey? A lot of it was around how much money
0: people were spending on the goods and the stuff and the things and how much it was really around, you know, what are you spending today? How much of that do you regret spending? And how much do you wish you had spent in other places? And what are those other places? And a lot of it was self-care. So number one was my own health and wellness. That was the number one response. I know moms feel guilty, but every mom who's been through it, that's their number one piece of advice is take care of yourself because taking care of yourself is taking care of your baby 100%. And I actually think mom comes first. I don't even think baby comes first. I think mom comes first and then everything else falls into place. And then the second piece is ask for help, get that support. So when we did that survey, that was number two. So where do you wish you had spent those dollars? It was having a newborn care specialist to come to my house or postpartum doula to help me recover during those early days. So we're just trying to help that happen since that's what moms want. That's what we're going to give them.
1: Yes, because taking care of mom is taking care of baby. That is what everybody needs to understand is, yes, baby is number one, but mom is number one, number one, because you can't, like, that's that's who's caring for this child, and if she flourishes, so does the baby.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I love that. I'm curious to learn about what your, what item did you buy or were you gifted that maybe is your... Big, I don't want to say biggest regret. That sounds so dramatic, but <laughs> that maybe you didn't use or you wish that you'd put the money towards something else.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question. I'd be curious t- to get yours as well. But for us, it was really a swing. So we didn't really want, and 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 it's different for every child. But for us, somebody gave us that like four moms robotic like yep. thing. I know exactly you what you're talking about. Way. Yep, yes. and like Conrad, my first son just. He did it, <laughs> screamed the entire time he was in it. And so I was like, this is going back to the store. So we just, we, we brought that back and uh, used the money actually to, to bring in help. And then the other thing that I haven't mentioned was pelvic floor physical therapy it was a big thing for me in the postpartum the second time around that I really, it, it's not something that we're currently, we're working through it on Flourish Fund, but it was one of the aha moments for me where I was like, nobody's talking about this. And in other countries, it's just standard that Mom comes first, and you get somebody, you get a midwife who comes to your home and takes care of you. You get a pelvic floor therapist. Like, these are all standard in the healthcare systems, and they work. Mm-hmm. The mater- maternal mortality rate and the morbidity rates, those are all lower in those countries because they actually focus on the mom. So, I forget what you're, oh, what did I regret? So, it was that swing. <laughs> what about you? What was your top regret?
1: I think it was buying all those cute, expensive baby carriers. My son just didn't take to any of them. And I had everything. I had the wrap, you wrap yourself. I had the strap, the really cute like Tula baby strap one. Yeah. I had so much of that and he didn't take to any of it. So that was kind of a waste. Mine, mine didn't either. I never got
0: into that. I love baby wearing has so many benefits as well, but same thing. My Neither one of yes. my kids ever got into it, but thank God I just had like two maybe. And I
1: think somebody gave me their old one. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm going to try and do is gift it to some of my pregnant friends. So at least they don't have to spend the money on it and they can, if their babies hate it, they can just pass on the love to another mom. Actually. So you mentioned about other countries and their maternal health. And it's so interesting because I had another podcast episode where we broke down this article on how healthcare is seen in different countries And I think it's so interesting because in our country, we really do take, I mean, we take a lot of pride in our country, right? And there's always this America's the best country in the world. And I still like, I I agree. I love this country. My parents are immigrants. Absolutely. I've lived abroad. I lived in Thailand for two years. I've seen what it looks like in different countries. I still love it. But I feel like there's almost like a pride issue in admitting that our maternal health is not up to par with other countries other countries are so advanced. I think Spain is actually one of the countries that you mentioned someone, they get a midwife, Mm -hmm. they get like mandatory midwife visits. How different would our experiences have been if we just had a visit, right? Because I know that when I went to my six week appointment, I was scared to talk to the Mm -hmm. doctor about, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety that I didn't even know was like a real thing. I thought only postpartum depression existed. Mm -hmm which is a whole other issue the fact that i didn't know the signs but you're you're being asked to tell a stranger basically that you feel a certain way and my biggest fear was oh my gosh they're going to take my baby away if anything seems off with me like it's that's that's not good like that means i didn't have trust right in the system, right. which is so bad.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not set up for that. I mean, even so it's like a 15 minute visit at six weeks when you've been dealing with this <laughs> for like, I feel like the height of most people's challenges in postpartum are around like week two to four and nobody's, you know, checking in on you. I had my pediatrician being like, is everything okay? Cause you have know, well baby visits, no well mama visits. I mean, where are the well mama visits?
1: the well mama visits. I wish that they married the visits. Yeah. Like I wish that when you saw your pediatrician, you were also seeing someone for mom yep. to maybe talk her through what's, is she breastfeeding? What her hormones are going to look like if she's not breastfeeding or when she stops breastfeeding, what her hormones, like. just walking us through because knowledge is power. Yep. That would have been so helpful.
0: Yep. And that's what we're hoping to provide. Cause I've I hate to take a negative stance on this, but I know healthcare reform is going to come, but I just don't think it's going to come very quickly. So that's what we're Mm -hmm. trying to establish is that you do – as often as you would be seeing your pediatrician, are being checked in on by the lactation consultant that you found, the postpartum doula that you found, the the sleep consultant that you found, and you're getting those people who, to touch base with. And honestly, for me, the biggest difference was I found a support group that I went to for breastfeeding, and we talked about there were like thirty moms there. A lot where I live in Newport, Rhode Island, it's a lot of military moms, so a lot of people without any support whatsoever, and it was eye-opening. And that's where a lot of my initial kind of research sounds silly, but it was at that time kind of like, tell me more, tell me the struggles that you had, because I was just interested to hear how other people were dealing with this. And that was... Really sad to me in one way because it was a breastfeeding support group. It was the only support group available in our town, and it was only for people who were breastfeeding. So I'm sitting there thinking, what about all these poor, especially military moms who may not have support that are not able to breastfeed, are not breastfeeding for whatever reason. They they don't want to come to a support group because they would always tell me it's open to everybody. I'm like, if I'm not nursing, I don't want to sit around and watch everyone yeah. nurse their babies. Like that's not my jam, you know. And so a lot of people were left to struggle. Alone. And I was like, this just isn't right. And so, building not only that support system, but that mom tribe is such an important part to this as well.
1: Yes. So, I I love hearing about your experience in Newport and going to this mom group. And I agree. I think I learned so much from uh, I gave birth during the pandemic. So, there were no real actual mommy groups. I was lucky that I stumbled upon a group for mom bloggers in my area. And the stuff I learned. amazing because a lot of them were like second they had children that were four or like your aged children and they just been through it before and getting their perspective was everything so I thought that was really great but one of the things we did talk about was self-care I was inspired a lot by them like one of my friends in the group she gets blowouts every week and she's like I don't care I don't care how much it costs like this is for me this is what makes me feel good and I am going to get my blowouts every single week. And she's been doing it for years now. And I thought that was really cool. What about you? (laughs) What are some, (laughs) what do you think? Because everyone's so different. What are some things that a new mom you think can do for her self-care? And then what's your favorite thing for self-care? So
0: those are two very different questions, like you said, because there's, (laughs) there's moms, like everybody has their own thing. So I think again, I feel like you need to make sure you take time for yourself. Don't feel shame. Don't feel judged (laughs) by anybody. Just like, don't worry about what other people are thinking and take that time for yourself and then do whatever fills your cup. So if it's a blowout, if it's reading a book, if it's taking up for me, we did a lot of, and this was when you could do things in person, but our group, our, our support group, we would all go do mommy and me yoga. And even though the baby, I yeah, that. and it was amazing. Cause I was there with all my peers who had just talked about, we had just unleashed everything we were going through. Right. And then we all went down to the yoga studio. We took mommy and me yoga. together and the yoga instructor would take like if the babies were getting a little you know restless or whatever she would take them off your hands and like watch the babies for you while you do these poses it was actually even though it wasn't time necessarily for for me by myself it was a huge it was it was amazing for my self-care so again really what makes you what fills your cup is what you have to do and just the judgment, the shame—I don't know why it's still happening, but like, just don't even think about it. Like, put yourself first. I think that's that's what it is. Do what works for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, let's. We need to get rid of that shame and that guilt that so many moms feel. There is no shame in taking care of yourself. Flip the narrative. Taking care of yourself is taking care of your baby because you'll be able to show up right. and be a hundred percent there when you're with your children. The one thing
0: I would say is common probably for all moms is we could all use a nap. All of us. <laughs> so take that yes. nap.
1: <laughs> I took one today. Too. which what you That's even hard because the nap time is so pre- it's like precious time for you to get work done. Right. So it, I think you naturally feel guilty because you're laying down. You're like, oh, I should really go put that load of laundry on or whatever you need to catch up on. But yeah, today I just napped with my son and it was oh, the best thing ever oh that's so
0: sweet yeah it's funny because I know because I didn't mean to nap I was like on the couch my husband was out oh he was getting a second vaccine and um (laughs) yes which is very exciting and my kids were playing Legos and they were just like really well behaved that I I passed out for 30 minutes I guess that's what my body needed And I felt like so refreshed with that little mini cat nap that I'm like able to do this tonight. Otherwise I'd be like conked out.
1: Oh, I know. I know. I love that. Yes. Naps. Let's get on it. So I want to shift gears a little bit talking about naps and juggling many things. How do you balance entrepreneurship and motherhood? It's a phenomenal question that I feel
0: like there's never really an answer to. It's not, I don't really think there is a balance. It's funny because I've heard people talk about work-life integration instead of balance because- Something has to come first. There was actually a woman you may know her. She's actually working mom notes. Do you know her at all, Ashley? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she she was on our um, Instagram live and she said something that resonated with me, which I've been reusing over and over again now. And she was talking about how there's like, and I think it came from somebody else. I don't know who it came from, but there's there's glass balls. Like you're always juggling priorities, right? And some of those priorities are glass, and some of those priorities are rubber. And what's glass and what's rubber? Like, is it your relationship with your partner? Is it the Mm -hmm. time you're spending with your child? Is it your career? Is it your fitness, physical fitness and wellness? Like there's a lot of balls in the air at any point in time. And they are changing. Some are rubber at some point in time, others are glass, but you just have to keep oh, reevaluating yeah. which of those are glass and which of those are rubber. And the ones that are going to bounce back after you drop them, like then you know that those are the things that you can put lower on your priority list at that moment in time. But then there's a breaking point. Like I think about my relationship with my mm-hmm. partner, right? He's the most supportive and amazing guy. But if I keep putting that last, eventually it's, it's a glass mm-hmm. ball, right? And so it's just constantly trying to understand which ones are, are the priority. So ever since she said that, because I could never really put it into words, I'm like, oh, I got to figure that out. And I kind of reevaluate every day, like today, what's glass and what's rubber? It's never really an easy answer.
1: <laughs> I love that rubber ball theory. It's the first time I'm hearing it, but I absolutely love it. And I love that it shifts, right? Not something isn't always glass and something isn't always rubber. And I feel like that's been so true in my 10 months of motherhood. And then my second, second thing I was going to mention was I had another mother entrepreneur, her and her husband juggle a couple different businesses. And she, I asked her the same question. She said, it's more like a tug of war. And some days my son wins and some days the business wins and it's just how making peace with what wins that day and i thought that's so interesting like i think balance maybe the word balance even gives us you know working well any mother puts this connotation of this it's almost this pressure (laughs) i have to balance this and you imagine yourself on a tight rope holding two things but i really like the rubber glass story and when you were taught when you were speaking I thought about my relationship, too. That's so funny. It was the first thing that came to mind because for so long, for so 10 months straight, like our relationship has been a rubber ball. And just recently we've been hitting our our point where, you know, we're both at we were like passing ships, passing in the night. We live in the same house, but we would barely see each other just because of the nature of our responsibilities it's become, not that it's become a glass ball. That sounds very dramatic, but it's become a priority. Like we've, I've made it a glass ball because we really need to spend this time to connect. Like he is, you know, the most important, other than my son, he's the most important person in my life. So he should be a glass ball. He doesn't deserve to be a rubber ball.
0: Exactly. I hear you. And same thing. My husband came to me. He's like, I am not and th- this is being very like raw about it, but I'm not your coworker. Like, cause he helps, yeah. he helps with the business. We work together. We met as engineers many, many years ago, working together. That's just like the way we operate, but it's so easy to go from like, work mode into relationship mode, and there's no delineation anymore with COVID and everything. And so it's hard. It's taken a toll on the relationship, but you have to realize when at some point taking advantage of the fact that it's a rubber ball and it can no longer be a rubber ball. So I I love that, that that resonated with you as well. And I think recognizing that is not, not an easy thing, but if you can do it, ahead of time, if you can talk to your partners, I think that's another thing that postpartum people just don't talk about is how your whole <laughs> yes. relationship changes. And it's beautiful in one way, but just like your identity changes, that relationship changes as well. And you have to have that communication, um, you know, happening. So
1: yeah. Oh, that's a great example. And I can definitely relate. My husband and I work to we've worked together on different projects and we're just a good team. Yeah. Like we're a good working team. So I think we do sometimes fall into that, not co work co-worker sounds so like dry, <laughs> but you know, right. we do, we work well together and we like, we play video games together. And we do a lot of like, bro- we almost like end up being bros more right. than like being romantic partners. And I think that's something that we're, we need to work on is, having that romance. (laughs) So I don't know.
0: I'm like, I can't, I feel silly now, but I shouldn't, you know, to to say like, we need that romantic. And it's funny because this whole, we were planning a night away. Finally, after all of this, this week (laughs) and that, that ended up being canceled, but um, we'll get there eventually.
1: (laughs) You will get there. And when you do, the weather will be beautiful. You can go romance somewhere nice eat outside now that we're talking about entrepreneurship tell me about the flourish fund i keep saying flund why (laughs) what inspired you to start the flourish fund tell us more about what it is and who's it who it's for
0: I think we've talked a lot about it, which it was just that yeah. gap, right? There's there's nobody looking out for mom, and that was the aha moment for me. And I'm I'm a problem solver by nature. I always have been, and so when I felt this myself, and I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't know what a doula is. I was ill prepared for what postpartum brought. I had no idea I was going to be bleeding. You know, for however many weeks afterwards. I didn't know I was going to get mastitis. I didn't know I was going to have pelvic floor challenges. And like all these things, I just was not prepared for it. When I went to that support group that we talked about, every single mom I spoke to had a different struggle and had zero idea where to turn. They're like, I talked to my gynecologist about it. They told me you had a baby. What do you expect? Like, that this is the types of responses. I got the same response too with my pelvic floor. I was like, hey, I feel like I'm having some bladder issues. And he's like, well, you've had two babies. What else do you expect? And I came back, yeah. And I was, I was like, are you kidding me? And I, I worked in pelvic floor many, many years ago on the medical device side. So I know all the research out there. And I, I, I know that stuff and I never even applied it to myself that I should be preventatively doing something about it. So I went to a pelvic floor therapist and I came back to my OB and I was like, Hey, by the way, I went to this pelvic floor therapist Uh, physical therapist, he's like, those exist. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, so it really is the onus, unfortunately, is on the mom. So on top of everything else that's going Mm. on, you now suddenly need to take care of yourself. And we wanted to take that out of the picture, we want to arm you proactively with the resources that you need. We actually offer virtual panels. We did one today, which was amazing. It was called Nourishing Mom and Baby. And we had midwives on. We had pediatricians on. We had doulas on. We had a holistic nutritionist on. Like These things are amazing because we're bringing together the medical community and your community providers into one conversation with real mamas on as well. And we actually just were recognized by the American College of Nurse Midwifery for this program that we've been running wow. virtually. Yeah, it's been it's been incredible. So, we provide that education, we provide the resources, we provide the services, and we provide the essentials. So, all of our gift bundles are built around an outcome. So you want a successful start to breastfeeding? Well, here's your lactation consultant. But in addition to that, you get a Haka pump, you get nipple balm, you get everything you need to have that the best chance at a successful start to breastfeeding in one package. So really it was built upon what I heard from moms that they needed and the things that they wish they had spent money on. So we're just facilitating that. We're trying to shift that spend from the things, the extruded plastic, and all the onesies, and all the things that you get, to oh, God. something that is really going to change the the family and. It's really about family wellness. And it's been such an amazing year this past year. A lot of shifts, a lot of pivots for us. But I think we're in a really phenomenal uh, place that the actual website itself just launched in December. So we were doing all this education leading up to December when we launched the website because we had to retool it to offer virtual services as well. And we've been going three or four months strong now. And it's it's amazing. People are like, oh my, especially second time moms are like, I didn't need all that stuff please just give me the massages, give me the postpartum doula, give me the newborn care specialist. So it's awesome.
1: Yes, that's amazing. So how does a new mom, how do you get involved with the Flourish Fund? So is it when you're pregnant, you sign up for it or... Like, and then you send that, you, you, it's basically like a registry, yeah,
0: absolutely. right? Yep.
1: And then you send that link out to your friends and family.
0: Exactly. So
1: we have two
0: options. One is you can just go in and buy a gift if you want, similar to the way baby list and the other baby registries work is you can create a list or you can go in and just buy a you know a bundle for somebody the way it works is you get this let's say the the one that we talked about the successful start to breastfeeding we kind of have them in categories you've got mom care category you've got breastfeeding basics category you have feeding like all your solids feeding supplies, diapering, all that stuff, kind of in these different categories. And what you ultimately get is you get a gift card that's for the lactation consultant, for example. So you can go on, you can find your lactation consultant. You get that gift card as soon as that person buys that gift. So even if the goods are coming later, for like a baby shower, you have access to those funds as soon as somebody buys that gift for you. So we really want people to share their registries earlier, so that they can take advantage of all the classes and massages and you know fitness and things like that during their pregnancy as well, in addition to the postpartum period. So ultimately, what you do is you get this gift card, you go onto the the uh, support network that we have. We have, I think now we're up to 155 individual providers on there. All of them offer virtual support. And you go on there, you just book your provider, all of it through the website. And it just, uh, you know, comes out of that gift card.
1: That's incredible. I definitely am going to use Flourish Fund for my second baby. Like not even just saying that because you're in my pocket, but because it's like, it's literally everything that I'm passionate about and things that I do, we will need. You really don't need so much stuff. When you're having a baby. And I'll never forget. That's what my mom said. My mom was like, all you need is boobs and your diaper (laughs) and and diapers. That's all you need. That's all you really need. Like, she's so like, she's very earthy, crunchy. Like,
0: I love your mom already.
1: (laughs) She's good. She's phenomenal. But She was right. Like, I really... I I bought, like, this $70 sign on... Actually, that's a purchase I regret. I bought a $70 sign with my son's name on it. Big for his nursery from Etsy. And it's gorgeous, but it never got hung up. And my son still doesn't use the nursery. He's 10 months old. He's still in our room. So... And in our bed. So... (laughs) Not a lot of romancing. I was so going to so say a- <laughs> that
0: probably does put a damper on the romance thing, but I, I hear you. It's funny. Even with the co-sleeping thing, my first son, he was in his own room like two two weeks in. My second son, I co-slept with for for months and it's just, <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yep.
1: <Yeah. laughs> I mean, we're so tired. I mean, there's no, we're so tired already. So if you're really ex- exhausted and then you add a baby in your bed, like, I don't know. I don't know when. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I like it. You need boobs
0: and diapers. Like that's, that's all you need. And then you need a heck of a lot of support.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's, I feel like that $75 I spent could go towards so much on the Flourish Fund. So that is very cool. I'm going to hook you up. You let me know. <laughs> I will. So what's next for you and your business? I think you might've answered some of this already, but I'm just I'm looking forward to hear about your journey and how you plan on growing it.
0: Yeah. So we're we're super excited. We, as I mentioned, some of our education just recently got published in a medical journal and through ACNM, wow. which is huge. So we really do ultimately want to change the face of healthcare. We're just taking it from a consumer spending lens because that's more attainable. And a lot of the dollars, I mean, there's like 84 Billion dollars spent in registry gifts in the US. Yes, it's a a gigantic number. number. And if we just took a little sliver of that and put it into things that really make a difference, it would really change maternal health care for all the moms out there. So that's ultimately our goal, and everything falls in line with that. But as far as like expansion plans, so we're growing here. Most of our providers, we have a couple spread in like Maryland and things like that, but we're really focused on the New England area right now outside of Boston, up in Southern Maine, and down in Rhode Island and Eastern Connecticut. So we've got a large group of providers, obviously, there. We get every day people are reaching out to us to become a part of the network, which is amazing. So we are going to expand very, very quickly. And the goal is to become a, a national brand. And we want to be the baby list. We want people to recognize the importance of that support and choose a flourish fund over for some of the other options that are out there. So that's that's the plan, and then we'll get into healthcare policy and we'll change the world on the healthcare side.
1: <laughs> I am here for that. I am Team Flourish Fund. I'm so behind that, and not to talk. You know, I'm not tar- not talking smack about com- your competitors, but I never really got down with Baby List or any of the other lists out there. I just found them really clunky and, and really focused on the things mm-hmm. you are so right. And think about just that the culture that that breeds from the moment you get pregnant to your postpartum care, you're not, you're actually not even trained to think about yourself. You're trained to think about the onesies mm-hmm. and the things and not the support that you actually need. And that results in a healthy you and a healthy baby I think women would be a lot less shocked Mm -hmm. like we were if we had things like the Flourish Fund to really start training our brains to say, actually, onesies are cute, but girl, you're going to need a massage.
0: (laughs) I love that quote of the
1: day. I'm really excited to follow your growth journey and see all the cool things come for you. I'm definitely going to recommend the Flourish Fund to all my pregnant friends because it is awesome. Like, Do you have the links to those journal articles that... We're oh so one's
0: pending publication. So I
1: have pending. Yeah,
0: I have the pre I don't think I can release it because it's not published yet, but it's in the Journal of Neonatal and Perinatal Medicine and then ACNM is in May. So we're presenting what we've been doing out to all the nurse uh, midwives in the, the country in May. I think it's May 10th or something like that.
1: Well, Melissa, you're a joy. Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. If someone wants to follow your journey, where can they find you?
0: Thank you so much, Lena, by the way. This was so much fun. I feel like we're going to have to hang out outside of just Zoom. But if people are trying to find us, it's at The Flourish Fund. So you can find us our handle on Instagram and Facebook. We do weekly lives on each of them actually with our providers and a pediatrician that comes on every week to answer your questions. So I highly recommend if you're pregnant, join both Instagram and Facebook. You'll get a lot of amazing information. And then theflourishfund.com is our website and you can go on and sign up for a registry. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for featuring us. And this was such an awesome conversation. You're doing such amazing things, Lena, for mom. So thank you so much for that.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for everything. Everyone listening, I'll make sure that I include everything in the show notes. So to access those show notes, wherever you're listening, if it's on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, go to the show and then click see more and you'll see all of the links in there. So thank you for listening and tune in next week for the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the new mama's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform, have a friend that would like this podcast, share the love, stay in touch. Definitely give us a follow on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast. I'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account, so let's be friends. Slide into my DMs at Lena Forrestal. Finally, be sure to check out my blog at lenaforestal.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.